2: Today on the Zabecast, the curious case of the runaway safety. The MMQB details what happened with Sua Cravens in DC. It's complicated and it's not. Drew Olson says why it's impossible to be cool on a college visit with your kid. Plus Gronk is a tightwad and Jalen Ramsey has no respect for QBs. If you've got 45 minutes to kill then buckle up and let's go. Here we go. Thursday, August 16, 2018. Thank you for downloading. As you may know, if you listen to my show here in Washington, D.C., I am going to be hosting two listener fantasy football leagues. The drafts will take place live and in person on consecutive Tuesdays, Tuesdays Tuesday the 28th and Tuesday September 4th. They will take place at a Buffalo Wild Wings in Maryland, probably Gaithersburg, and one in Leesburg. I know what you're going to say if you listen out of town and download this Zabecast from parts far flung. Oh, let me be in the, can I be in? I've got internet. I'll even, I can Skype, I can Skype. Oh, please. Listen, I love the fact that some people have already said, I want in, I want in, I want in, I want in. And I would love to include you. But I really want these to be local leagues. Now, maybe, maybe you can talk me into doing uh, a third league. Uh, oh, hold on a second. I'll take this out in post-production. Yeah, no, I'm not taking anything out in post-production. It's a podcast. Oh, there we go. Oh, I... um, maybe you can talk me into doing a third league that is all Skype-based listeners from beyond the immediate DMV. Maybe. I I don't know. When am I going to do that? How do I have time to do that? Okay. If I get enough people begging me to do that, then give it a 50-50 shot. No promises, but 50-50. All right, Drew Olsen is coming up in just a bit. I got a couple things to plow through first. I love this tweet, though, he sent today. Uh, uh, He says, Other sports talk shows... Post their breakdown of what they're going to talk about that day, segment by segment. Here's our rundown today. 12 o'clock, random stuff. 12.30, art appreciation. 12.50, don't know yet. One fifteen, still don't know. One thirty, Tom Hardricourt. One forty-five, figure it out. 2.15, maybe sports. 2.30, other stuff. Absolutely brilliant. I know these pinhead PDs like to say, use social media to help drive people to listen to your show. You know, if you tweet out you got a killer guest coming up at 2.30, I'm telling you that people might stay in their car a little bit longer. They might uh, change a meet. I have said to these pinheads' faces before, ain't nobody fucking changing their day. To make sure they're in front of the radio to listen to an interview. I mean, only in rare cases, only in rare, rare cases. But that this shit doesn't—it doesn't help ratings at all. Now, it's good for kind of showing off, like "Look at all the guests we have," or "Look at these topics here." But the other thing about you know teasing segments coming up—I always <laughs> this stumps a lot of PDs when I say this to them. You know, Zabe, I really wish you'd tease ahead. You know, tell, give people a reason to stick around and listen to the next segment. And I say, well, what if I tease something they have no interest in hearing about? Well, you know, no, it's, it's all in how you, you, you phrase it. I said, well, I got a baseball writer coming up. Do you know what percentage of my listeners fucking hate baseball? Well, that's really not the point. I'm like, it's probably 40%. Maybe more. I can't tell for sure. I think it's a wash as to what you tease coming up. Because, look, if I tease football coming up and there's a baseball head who's like, God damn it, the Nats are in a playoff race and you're still talking about preseason football for a Redskin team that's going to go 6-10 and 10 probably, I'm done with you. I'm click. It's always, I think, just about a wash. Anyway, I like that. Random stuff, art appreciation, don't know yet, still no harder court, figure it out, maybe sports, other stuff. I do try to be a touch more structured than that, but I loved uh, his honesty in that regard. All right, Sua Cravens, former Redskins safety slash linebacker. He was a bit of a tweener coming out of USC, had a very promising rookie season, then got hurt his second season and decided, that's it, I'm out right before training camp ended. And uh, actually, right before the season began, he's now with the Denver Broncos. We clawed back like a half share of a sixth and a seventh rounder. Like, we moved up, I think. We improved our sixth and our seventh round picks to unload him to Denver. And the MMQB, in a story uh, written by Kalen Kaler titled The Ugliest Divorce, goes through. This entire episode. I'm not going to read much of it, but I want to read a key part of it and then explain why I think it's both complicated and yet simple all at the same time. Well, that sounds like a tease, doesn't it? The case of Sue Craven, she writes, is about an organization's indifference to a player's health, or it's about a lack of personal responsibility, or it's about the NFL's need to update arcane policies and fix a broken culture. Or, most likely, it's about all three. Well, it can't quite be about all three, because they sort of cut against each other, but whatever. So here's the deal. Sue Cravens got hurt in uh, rookie year, got a concussion, uh, and was never quite the same after that. And according to this story, uh, and so after you know his concussion, uh, his rookie year, he had another arm injury. It was an elbow injury that could have been drained, and he was a, a minor elbow sprain that turned out to be this lingering injury that he just did not want to come back from. D'Angelo Hall, a locker room leader and a team captain who retired after last season, remembers talking to trainers and Cravens about the rookie's unexpectedly long absence. He said he told Cravens, quote, if I, if I can drain this joint to get it done, I'm going to drain this joint. And he's like, well, if we make the playoffs, then I'll drain it. And we were like, dog, we need you to make the playoffs. Guys were in the locker room, said Chris Baker. A defensive tackle on the 2016 team. By the way, lazy. Got his money from Tampa and promptly pissed everybody off down there. But okay, he's now with the Bengals, by the way. Fun got to be around. Big swaggy, Chris Baker. He did an appearance on our show. Sort of a weekly appearance. And he was okay. He wasn't as funny as we thought he would be. Uh, Baker said, guys were talking in the locker room. Just get it drained. Guys worried, like, what's going on? Joe Barry, the team's defensive coordinator that season, and now linebackers coach and assistant head coach with the Rams, says there was a major altercation between Cravens and the, quote, powers that be. Everybody in the building heard about it, said Barry. They said, listen, this isn't a major injury. It's a bruise. It's an issue. We can give you a shot to help you with the pain, but this shouldn't be a major deal that you should miss time with. You're fine. Sua took offense to that. He got pissed and left. Albert Breer reported that Cravens missed a team treatment that week, and the Post reported Cravens did not report to the facility for three days. Linebacker Will Compton, team captain that season, who has now signed with the Titans, said Cravens, quote, went AWOL for like four days. Teammates and coaches said no one could reach him by call or text. Compton, who had been in spending time more time than usual with Cravens because he was also injured in the Philly game, said, quote, he didn't answer texts from coaches, he, teammates, player development, nobody. Everybody tried getting to him. The next paragraph is classic. Through Agent Peter Schaefer, Cravens denies the account that he went AWOL. No. Bullshit. Liar. Liar. You can't... All these people saying couldn't get a hold of him. No, I didn't go AWOL. Schaefer, who did not represent Cravens at the time, said only that his client missed an off day, not any mandatory meetings, practices, or treatments. In 2017, Cravens met with Gruden to discuss conflicting feelings towards the organization. He was angry that the team doubted the severity of his injury. He opened up to Gruden about his paranoia and depression, at which at time he thought were personal battles. He says he wondered whether or not he wanted to keep playing football. Cravens said Gruden listened and assured him he'd be fine. That offseason, Cravens spent time back home in L.A. and says it didn't take long for his family and friends to notice a change. Normally charismatic and outgoing, Cravens withdrew from his friends and family and became much more serious and easy to anger. They were telling me, you're acting completely different. You're attacking the people that love you. What's wrong with you? The piece goes on in great detail, very long, but it's an interesting read. To basically say, hey, you know, maybe this concussion had something to do with it. And they quoted another, uh, his cousin, I think, uh, Cameron Jordan, tight end formerly the browns who retired he was worried about you know long term brain injury from playing football said he was different after his concussion and i'm not saying that that's not possible i'm not saying it's not possible with sua but concussions happen injuries in the nfl happen your coaches yell at you that happens the team trainers stick you full of needles to numb shit up so you can go out there and play Sometimes on a 4 and 11 team that's going nowhere, it's professional football. It happens. You get a contract. You get some money. You get some fame. You get some nice things. People start coming asking you for things. It's pro football. It happens. Then you start playing like shit. You get benched. People start saying stuff on social media. What's wrong with this guy? He's a bum. Why'd we draft him? It's pro football. It happens. It is a man's game. And in this day and age in which it is politically incorrect to say things like, this is a man's game, like, are you saying a woman couldn't do this? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Some things are man things. The NFL and professional tackle football is the ultimate man's game a man's man's game and look there are a lot of resources now way more than ever to deal with anxiety depression teams have counselors coaches are far more sensitive I mean think about that the story chronicles how Jay Gruden you know is patient with Craven's going you're going to quit football why to go home and be with your family like your family needs you to provide you are making a great living in the NFL and what are your plans to make money outside of the NFL and you know Cravens was listening to that <laughs> there there are stories of Vince Lombardi cutting guys for the most trivial of reasons and guess what back in Lombardi's day concussions happened it is a man's fucking game no two ways around it I'm sorry that maybe he was battling some maturity issues. I'm sorry that he was maybe battling some mental health issues. I I hope he does well in Denver. I wouldn't really hold my breath, but maybe he's turned the corner. Who knows? Too bad it didn't work out here. Even more too bad that our GM, Scott McLuhan, didn't do his fucking research on this kid. Apparently he had walked away from USC and their football team not once but twice. We didn't find that out until afterwards. He's a football player. Who knows what McLuhan was doing at the time when he should have sussed that out. Sometimes, though, guys fool you. They say, I love football. I'm all about football. Man, I will run through a wall for football. I can't live without football. Really? Do you love football or do you like the money? Do you like being a famous football player? No, I love football. Really? And you don't know until you get them on your team and you pay them some money. And then they get their bell rung. And they get their arm crushed by a helmet at full speed by a dude who's 300 pounds. Then you find out how much you love football. And it's it's hard to tell. It's really hard to tell. There are guys, though, that do love football. And we see them around the league, and they come back and they play with all kinds of insane injuries that you're like, wow, I can't believe you played on that. But they're like, fuck it, my team needed me, man. It's football. I love this. I love it. I just got a shot. Hurt like hell. Played the damn game. Dealt with it later. I'll deal with it later. I'll deal with it in the offseason. I'll deal with it when I'm retired. I'll deal with it, whatever it is, when I'm 60. Good luck, Sue Cravens. Jalen Ramsey. Boy, he's a colorful character who's enjoying now his newfound limelight in the league. You know, the Jaguars were half decent for a quick hot second last year. Went on a nice run. Made it to the AFC Championship game, had the Patriots on the rope, and then (coughs) choked. We all remember that. They've got a nasty defense, and Jalen Ramsey is absolutely one of the key components of the back line of that defense. But he recently, in an interview, went through almost every quarterback in the league and gave a quick opinion of each quarterback. Much of those opinions quite unflattering no shock there he's a cornerback the cockiest players on the football field and those who have the shortest memory they don't care about writing checks that maybe their ass can't catch that can't cash they just figure well we'll sort it out on the field so i won't go through what he said about everybody the the, the takes were kind of predictable you know eli manning sucks you know joe flacco's garbage Brady and Rodgers, they're not bad. You know, he doesn't like Josh Allen, the rookie, uh, for the Bills. Understandable on multiple fronts. But Will Brinson, very funny, he he put down the 2018 Jaguars schedule and instead of the teams, just listed what Jalen Ramsey had to say about each and every one of them. Uh, Week one, only good because of Odell. Uh, That would be Eli. Number two, doesn't suck. Probably Brady or uh, Rodgers. Number three, underrated. Four, TBD. Five, TBD. Good, all right, okay for sit week six. couple future MVPs. A not that good, a decent at best. Trash. I believe that's you Another not that good, underrated. Don't know much about him. And then future MVP in week 17. Jalen Ramsey, everybody currently serving a one-week suspension for conduct, unbecoming the organization for basically threatening a reporter. The NFL is not boring, people. Not boring. And one more last one before we get to Drew here. Apparently, Gronk, for all the things that he seems to be and the image he portrays, this one is against prototype. He's apparently a tighthead. A tighthead. He's a tightwad. He's a meathead, but he's a tightwad. A tight head? Maybe I could go with that one. Gronk, who has made about $45 million in his NFL career, told Maverick Carter that his net worth is more than that because he lives off his endorsement money and he's made more in investments than he has spent. If you see my NFL money, how much I've made, I've got way more than that, baby, said Gronk. He said that although he and his brothers made it to the NFL, their parents never allowed them to be just dumb jocks. They hounded us on school, said Gronk. Gronk says he's now well known around the NFL. He's smart with his money to the point that he gets questions from younger players who want to know how to manage their money. Well, it's not hard. (laughs) Just get shit for free. Oh, and by the way, the biggest suck on your money is kids. Even if they're your own kids, and even if you are married to your high school sweetheart and you're living under the same roof with your kids, they're expensive. Take it from me or anyone else who has them. They're wonderful. They're the joys of our life. But you know what? They are expensive. Good for Gronk. Apparently has all his money. We'll see about that. Let's go to the cheese curtain. Let's go behind the cheese curtain. Let's talk to our friend, Drew Olson. All right, Drew is fresh back from a campus visit with your daughter, in which you claim it is impossible to be cool as a dad on a college visit. Can you explain uh, that phenomenon? This is my third one, right? And this
3: is the first one I actually did
2: find a way. I did find a way, found a way. I did yeah. find a way. Um, How'd you find a way? This is the mission right. to be cool. Yeah, To be the well, cool dad... On a the campus thing is, visit, when you're tagging
3: along with your kid on the official campus visit, they bring you to a room. They tell you how great old state U is. They show you slides and talk about admissions and everything like that. The
2: history of a state university goes back <laughs> to <250 laughs> years. Exactly, exactly. Jeremiah J. Johnson
3: founded the university out of a cornfield. So that's 45 minutes worth of propaganda and admissions <laughs> talk and stuff like that, right? And then they break you down from a big kind of room to groups of like. 10 or 15 kids with their parents and hangers on, and then you do the walking tour. Like, these are the dorms. These are This is the chemistry right. building. This is right. the, right? So um, the first two, I took the official sanctioned tour, and then uh, for yesterday's tour, I fucked up and didn't sign up for the tour. So oh. we did it on our own. Yeah. And um, we stumbled around and did very well, and it was actually – I felt much cooler than just being a dad standing on the sideline as my kid was getting the sales pitch from these well scrubbed <laughs> university ambassadors who say they're like, oh, I'm a junior in biomedical engineering. And I just love this state you so much that I have to go, you know, they so. don't
2: drag out the worst of the worst for those tours. They don't drag out no. the guys who are hanging on with a one point nine nine GPA GPA. After just waking and baking and and saying, "Man, I, I don't even know where the syllabus is for my course, man." <laughs> yeah, they don't get those people. They're yeah, well scrubbed, the, the best and the brightest. So, um, yeah. can, you, can do you do you care to
3: disclose what oh, university this was? Sure, I was. Well, the, uh, this is my third one. I was. I've been to the University of Texas at Austin. Nice. I've been to University of Wisconsin and Madison State U. That's nice. And yesterday was uh, the University of Minnesota.
2: Wow! So there you go. So your daughter's it's looking tragic, at all uh? big state schools, pretty much, yeah, and and big athletic factories. Yes, and nice. Oregon, she should Oregon she should have next. a great. <laughs> she should. Oh my God, Oregon next. <laughs> well, your daughter, yeah. your daughter thinks like me. I have advised kids that I know, or or, or you know, p- kids of parents I know, if they're sports fans, I say go to a big sports factory school you'll have a great time yes you make yeah. the academics what you make out of it but to have that you know multi-sport rah 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 you know that da, 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 i i would have loved to have had that when i went to uc santa barbara but i didn't i'm glad that my daughter doesn't she didn't appear
3: to get the sports writing gene but she she's been to a lot of games like kind of behind the scenes over the years from the time she was in a tabletop carrier she's been in press boxes and stuff and she likes sports marketing. She wants to do, like, sports marketing. She wants to work from the team end of things or the league end of things.
2: Well, then that's good. Then she's looking then at the right schools. She's looking at those schools
3: as, yeah, vehicles as stepping stones to that. Yeah. So the, yeah, jock, but-
2: the jockocracy. Tell the public about this. It's the jocks who played the game, right? They should be on the air, right? She. That's a disgraceful thing.
3: <laughs> Thanks, Howie. I uh, I gotta say that Twin Cities man to have all the sports they have, they're building a new. They love their stadiums in in the Twin Cities. They're building a new soccer only facility oh, yeah. in Saint Paul. The, the Wild has one of the most beautiful NHL arenas. State of the art football stadium, brand Target Field, brand new. The Target Center. I went in and just walked around like the atrium and lobby part. They got figure it figured out there, man. So
2: why, why do you feel lame as a dad going on
3: these visits? Just because, you know, you try to think of yourself as being – I go to these things and, like, I want to go to college. Sign me up, man. I want to go to Econ 103 with 500 kids and check out all the, the, the new meat that's coming to campus. <laughs> I'm just like – you walk around these, like, summer – it's summer and it's, everything's quiet, but you walk around these quads and I'm like, just think, like, in a month – this is going to be full of chicks that are coming back from from summer and they're going
2: to be oh,
0: tan yeah. and they've worked they've lifeguarded all
2: summer and with their summer
3: sundress Oh dress. good god y'all. Oh good god y'all. And me. I'm so far removed from that that now I'm going to live like vicariously and right. then you're standing there and you know everybody the other dads you look around you size them up and they got you know the dockers on or they're you
2: know the the dad, you give, who's do you give the dad nod? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, man. Here we are, yeah, yeah amen, dude. What's up? Yeah. It really, it really is a new level of middle aged hell. Yes, because you have to go visit the greatest days of your life all over again, realizing <laughs> one, those days are gone. Gone. Two, it's never coming back. Three, you now have to pay a. Fortune oh, yep. for one of your kids to go through it. Yes, I, Oh, the worst. As I see it, the only thing that's going to
3: be worse than the touring of the campuses is move-in day. Wow. In terms of awkward, when you got to schlep all the stuff up, and you know that you know it's a military operation, and everybody <laughs> makes the mistake of taking way too much shit to college right. the first semester. Like you take everything you own and have ever owned. You know, you're taking your high you school yearbooks for some reason. Underwear. Yeah. Do you have
2: this? Do you have a stapler? That's. I would. Yeah. Come on. Do you have on. a noise machine to sleep in case your roommate is loud or having sex the, or snoring? The key to packing for college is to th- take everything you th- you
3: think you need, cut it in half, and then cut it in half again, because <laughs> you wear the same four outfits. Fuck. I've seen these kids because I've I've done stuff and uh, speaking gigs at colleges. It's hoodies, man. They just wear hoodies, and guys yep. wear sweats. Girls wear leggings and hoodies, and you can get by. You don't need to take every stitch of clothing that you own.
2: Yeah, nobody dresses up on campus. No, right, well, so when does the final decision come down? For your oh, daughter? we still
3: we're still a rising senior in high school, so we don't have to do this. We have to apply like this fall, and then the decision okay. will come early next year. So we're mo- six months and away. It's,
2: and it's Texas, Wisconsin, uh, Minnesota, Minnesota, and Oregon. Oregon, if we visit, a that's look? a yeah, that's a that's one she wants to look at. Man, I hear. Weather-wise, you got to love it out there. Yeah, it's a different world, Oregon. I hear the schools beautiful, and of course, the athletics are big time. Yeah, and you got Nike right there, and it's 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 big time sport management if, if, program. If the choice was yours, where would you go? Because you went to Wisconsin, so you're. Oh uh, yeah, I went to. I know, I went to Wisconsin, Milwaukee. I went to. Oh, I'm sorry, But you're a Wisconsinite, so yes. Where would you? Where would you choose if it was your choice to make? Well,
3: I have the most hookups in Madison. I know the most people. In Madison, nah, so pretend, I can help her out. No,
2: pretend. No, pretend like oh, you don't. Oh, that know independent. Anybody. Oh, well. Pretend. Pretend you are her, but you're a dude who loves sports, and you just went on no. all these visits. Where would you choose? I would probably choose.
3: I would choose. I would. For me, Minnesota. Really? Yeah. Um, just really? Have, I mean, If you're going up there, all those teams and everything, they had light rail. That you can get to. We we went downtown light and rail. Well, we we went downtown. <laughs> and, shit about
2: light rail. There's Uber, dude, my man.
3: Yeah, there's Uber, but I I Ubered and it took a while and it was like nine bucks to get from campus to. From the from the east bank of campus so, to downtown, and then t- for two fifty, and about the same time, I had a, a light rail. You know, it was
2: amazing. Your priorities are all of whack. Tell me what was wrong with Texas, because to me, Texas would be it. It was okay. Warmer weather, hotter chicks. Yes, the- theoretically better programs. Although Texas Not football really. continues to to well better than Minnesota. Okay, yeah, but. In terms of opportunity, having every
3: team and every pro league right at your doorstep and being able, to, that, just think of all the extra jobs. Oh, in Minnesota. Yeah. And Austin does not have that. Austin has the University of Texas. And maybe like, if you want to drive and go work for the Round Rock Express or whatever the minor league team is. But this all is right. a major league city, man. That market is booming. You got, And it's two cities. It's St. Paul and Minnesota. And
2: the campus kind of splits between the two. It's beautiful. It's a great setup. Broaden out to every major D1 sports college. Tell me which one you'd sign with as just a regular student if you could. Oh, like maybe maybe not even having visited the campuses, but just liking the tradition, the location, the colors, the logos of the teams. I
3: would be a son of Westwood. You'd be UCLA. Yeah. Well, how okay. would you not? <laughs> the I know, weather, UCLA. the color. I, know. I mean, SC because I know guys who went to SC, and I always give them a hard time because uh, SC's in the
2: hood. SC's UCLA, in the hood. UCLA is in Westwood, exactly it is beyond
3: gorgeous. SC is in the hood. You can have it. They have the better, you know, maybe arguably better colors and better sports, uh, better football. Screw that. I'm going. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll take the losses on the
2: field and fucking go to UCLA. Yeah, UCLA is pretty money. Course, hard I to didn't. get into. I yeah. uh, and I didn't get in. I yeah. applied to UCLA. Berkeley and UC Santa Barbara as my third choice three yeah. three pitches for a dollar on the application to the UC system and eh, on UCLA and eh, on Berkeley UCSB said sure we'll take it and I saw the campus picture and it was on the beach and I go that's it we're done yeah. wrap it up we're done and I and now I regret I should have gone to Arizona State but yeah oh another yeah, well, life well, now that's ASU. see I had that FOMO that regret
3: for Arizona State, because every year I covered spring training, there were some years I stayed near the campus, oh, and I would go to the bars there during God. spring, and it was epic, and i was like, why didn't I come to school here? I'm an idiot. How did they not win the national championship every year when they bring recruits on? And oh, then no. I th- then looking at myself, I said, why didn't I go to school here? I'd have
2: flunked out in a half a semester. Yeah. I'd have been out. We'll retire in Arizona, Drew. Yes. We don't need to go to college We, sh- we sure will. Okay, let's get into the meat and potatoes of the sports world. And uh, let's start with the big win by the Cubs last night, or yesterday afternoon. Excuse me, not the Cubs. Big win by the Brewers, Brewers over the Cubs, 7 nothing, in which Ben Zobrist got kicked out of a game for the first time in his career, and Joe Madden followed afterwards. After the game, Zobrist said, I told the ump, That was a ball, and that's why we want electronic strike zones. Do you believe someday we'll be in a place where we use electronic strike zones? And would it be good for baseball or bad? I think it's coming. I'll hang up and listen off the air, Drew. It's coming. It, it,
3: I think it's coming. We've already had Quest Tech, You know, we already had that kind of. We're, we're already seeing that they're evaluating how close umpires um, are. Is
2: Quest Tech still used, or was well, that a primitive? Primitive... That was a primitive
3: version of what pitch tracks or whatever the fuck it is now.
2: What is it that now? Was... Is it K Zone? Whatever. Pitch track. I mean, yeah,
3: whatever you want you to don't call know what it. it
2: is. I don't know what it is. I don't You're know what you call guy. it. guy.
3: How, how proprietary is it? Well, they can change the name of the company and the, the <laughs> provider, but.
2: It I just thought, tells you where the you ball a, is. I thought you as a baseball guy would know the exact specs no. of our, our machine overlords. Excruciating
3: minutiae. The weird thing about the Zobrist uh, ejection was he argued the pitch at the time and then did not get ejected. And Madden came out, took up for him, and he got ejected. And then Zobrist left the game and was replaced as a, a sub because the Brewers were up big, and they wanted—I don't know what—they took him out. Then he walked out and, and had continued the conversation. and Then got ejected. So he got ejected after he'd been removed from the game. Yeah, uh, and and the one-liner was, "That's why we want to replace you with robots," and that was the—that's yeah, why we want that.
2: Now, did he add that after the fact, or did the umpire really kick him out for saying we want electronic strike zones?
3: Well, I think it was just the the fact that it looked like apparently they it. I was listening in the car driving back from my campus visit, so I didn't get to see this. But apparently it started as a civil conversation that was going on for a while, which is really rare that, all right, first of all, you had your moment on, on the field to beef, and then you're out of the game, and then you pop back out and start talking to him, and, and then you get thrown because it got more heated as it went along. That was the yeah. way Pat Hughes described it on the Cubs broadcast. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I, think, I think Zobrist added the whole electronic thing afterwards as a good zinger to the media. I don't think umpire would be so thin-skinned and such a bitch that he's going back and forth. That was a strike. There's a ball. Well, Get out of here. Get in the dugout. Hey, man, I want electronic umpires. What? What did you say? Just, I said I want electronic umpires. You're gone! Like, I can't believe that would be the case. Don't, that would don't be bet a, the under on,
3: on umpire pettiness when it comes really? to ejections.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, so you can motherfucking umpire up one side and down the other, but don't say... I'd like to replace you with a computer. Depends that's on the guy. A yeah.
3: bridge too far. It depends on the well, and part of it was the cumulative effect because apparently you're not supposed to be able to argue balls and strikes at all. Madden's like, that's an automatic ejection for Madden, but he got to vent a little bit too. So right. Phil Cuzzy may have known that he biffed the call, but he let Zobrist he let he let Zobrist vent a little bit, but at some point it's just like all right, that's enough. And then maybe the one liner did put him over the top. Because he's sensitive about jobs,
2: like, hey man, this guy put bread on my family's table. Exactly, they make a pretty nice living. Those umpires do. That would be so funny that if you can motherfucking umpire all you want, but don't dare say he should be replaced by a computer, it'd be the equivalent of the great scene in in the movie Semi Pro with uh, Will Ferrell, in which they're calling each other cocksuckers, but as soon as somebody calls a guy a jive turkey, the entire yeah. card game stops. <laughs> Remember that scene? Yep, yep. And it's like, wait, what did you say? What did you say? I think he yeah. just called me a jive turkey. What? What? And it pulls yeah. out a gun. That was going to be a <laughs> pull out a gun the moment, even though calling a epic. guy cocksucker was not a big deal.
3: I, my favorite ejection story on this vein, Zabe. Yeah. Brewers had a right fielder named Jeremy Burnett's best player on a bad team for a couple of years. He struck out. He struck out. Took a called third strike in the like early innings, fourth or fifth inning, and he stood at home plate. And he just sighed, and you could see his shoulders heave like it was a sigh. Oh, the
2: sigh. It was a sigh, and then he sighs, turned and walked away. Right. Yeah. Sighs, and he got drive, guys. Sighs drive guys crazy because you know who does the sigh better than anybody—the wife. That's true. Everyone's wife does the sigh. Right. The, yeah. A sigh contains in it but, so much information of contempt, disgust, annoyance. It is yeah. a really rich dismissive gesture that can piss people off. But the thing was it was accompanied
3: because Phil Garner ran out and he's like, How are you throwing out my best guy? And as he was sighing under his breath, Burnett said to the umpire, You're horseshit. And he just oh. walked away. And then and so Garner's like, You're throwing out my best player in the middle of this game. How can you do that? And the Umpire said, Well he said I was horseshit. And he said, like, but he didn't show you up. He didn't. He didn't do anything. None of these thirty thousand people know what he said to you. Only he you didn't know. Show he you didn't up. show you up at all. He, he just, just called kinda, you horseshit. He said you're horseshit. He said I was horseshit. And then he, and the umpire's like, but he said I was horseshit. And Garner then said, well, you fucking are horseshit. And then boom, he got thrown out too. And it was majestic. It was. A, it was one of those things that went from a calm, reasoned discussion, like, how are you throwing out my best player? He did nothing. Yeah to, you are horseshit, hat flying off, spit flying. See, you don't yeah. get those anymore, and that's what you miss if well, you have a
2: freaking computer back there. You will have to have a, a robot ump that looks like a human that you can then spit and cuss at, so it oh, keeps yeah. all the old-timey nature of the game. By the way, 538 in 2017 has a story. Baseball's new pitch tracking system is just a bit outside. MLB switches from Pitch FX to StatCast. And the new tool is going through growing pains. Apparently, some nerd like did some measurements on it and found out that uh, the velocity apparently had increased arbitrarily from one system to another. Mmm. And there you go. Well, and this is where they're using exit speed. Like, you know, I've been dabbling in official
3: official scoring at
2: Brewers. Uh, by games. the way, how's that going, Drew? By the way, are you now? Have you have you had the trainee? T- have you had the trainee tag removed from your? Show? Well, I think I'm still an a-
3: apprentice, but I've, I've worked games solo. Yes. And okay. it's uh, it's harrowing, man. It's a tough job. By tough the way, job. are you,
2: are you are you literally an apprentice? No,
3: no. It's just. But do I'm, you
2: do you literally do you literally have a term associated with you?
3: No, okay. I'm scoring the damn games. But the thing is, like people, like you know, broadcasters and stuff. People who know me know
2: that I haven't done many of them. I've done like you know, can you under under a dozen? Can you walk around and say I'm an official baseball scorer? why, why would i there. say that <laughs> i didn't tell anybody Nerds! when i was a i was a baseball writer and didn't tell anybody
3: why would i fucking say that that's not a badge of honor it's not good <laughs> what club is that gonna get me honor. that's gonna get me a velvet rope somewhere like into <laughs> into the special meat packing plant club <laughs>
2: dude, <laughs> are you fucking kidding me dude there are baseball annies out there that would be totally into that yeah i try to avoid um, functions where they gather <laughs> okay <laughs> no right. now, you're I, a married man you would never do tough. it obviously but i'm just saying in theory let's say you weren't you're telling me that being an official scorer in baseball doesn't give you any leg up in a bar situation talking to a a young hottie who's got a baseball cap on and a no. beer in her hand none, none whatsoever Well, maybe
3: maybe in boston and st louis those would be the two markets really a, a writer friend of mine took me out for a, a post-game beer after a brewer's uh cardinals game in st louis and there's a hot female bartender and she's like the first thing she said was hey you guys sit down what the fuck was laruza doing in the 7th inning man what was he thinking and like oh my god this is hardcore this is yeah. like an attractive woman talking hardcore baseball this That's, is like this
2: is this this did is it turn it, you man. on or turn you off I thought it was great. Yeah, turn you and on. I, I thought this, hot, was, right? this is the market, man. This is St. Louis. They're they're when, steeped in baseball. When a when a moderately attractive chick with a ponytail and a ball cap on starts talking BABIP and barrels and exit velocity, you're like, mm, my peenie just. went. I don't giddy know up. about you, but my <laughs> peenie just went. Oof. You know, I don't know what I giddy can do up. with any of this stuff in bed, but by golly, she knows her baseball. idiot It's funny. So you that's say the, that. that's every
3: guy's fantasy is to watch a game on a couch with a hot chick like that, and then bang, right? yes it is
2: (laughs) is. and 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 every day that guy gets a little bit more and more sick of fucking that chick it's a (laughs) tale as true as the hills immutable laws of sex (laughs) every day it becomes a little less special and then after nine months in the relationship and you wake up and she's logging on to some cardinals chat room to bitch about Matt Carpenter's home-and-away splits, you're like, okay, this relationship has run its course. One of my comic buddies, when Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston
3: broke up, another one of my friends said, like, how could he throw that away? Are you kidding me? And... My, my my comic buddy, who, by the way, those comics, they don't get laid half as much as they should because every survey on Cosmo says women like men with a sense of humor. All my comedian buddies say that that ain't true.
2: Really? I hear a lot of comedians yeah. do pretty well, though. Uh, well, it depends I on, mean, it depends on what you're fishing for. It depends on the comedian
3: because a lot of them are, like, coked up, you know, lower standards, they're <laughs> reckless. They're at the
2: Chuckle Hut in Des Moines. And yeah. so there's a lot of townies that are like, I'll take a run exactly. at the comedian tonight. But
3: yeah, but my guy so just said he said, said, uh, he said um, "Show me any hot woman in Hollywood, and I'll show you the guy who's tired of fucking her."
2: Well, that's true <laughs> that's with any hot. Exactly. <laughs> Whether she's in Hollywood or on Long Island as a, a housewife or whatever, uh, things. Truth. Everything. Everything in life that's nice and special gets old the more you do it. It doesn't. Winning championships,
3: you, save? Hmm.
2: How would I know? True.
3: <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah,
2: that's a good one. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, my hockey team won one, and it was great. Am I sick of it? No, not <laughs> no, even close. not yet. <laughs> not even close. Uh, I was going to add one more thing about uh, – oh, yeah. So so when it comes to bragging about being an official scorer, which, by the way, I give you full permission to brag because that's a cool uh, thing, and it might um, get you somewhere. I'm not might... competent enough to brag or confident enough. Okay. Or just, well, it might get you, you know, a corner table somewhere. Um, I, I have a friend – uh, who shall remain nameless, Michael Kurtz, who used to be a salesman for the Washington Nationals. You know, sell ticket packages, right? Yeah. And he would come on our golf. Tr- he comes on our golf trip to Pinehurst. You might be listening to this ZabeCast right now. Hi, Kurtz. How you doing, buddy? So we're we're down in Pinehurst, and we're going to the one strip club in Pinehurst, North Carolina, called Pure Gold. And let me tell you about Pure Gold, Drew. It is in a strip mall next to an Arby's. And you wouldn't know it otherwise, and it is pure shit. It is one of the lowest, <laughs> skankiest, you know, strip clubs ever. And so we're there, and 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 Michael walks up to the front desk to try to get us all comped into the place because there was some cover charge of like ten bucks. <laughs> and I hear him say the following. He's like, Hey, how you doing? Michael Kurtz, Major League Baseball. What the hell did you just say? Ha ha! <laughs> It's like, what the hell did you just say? Hey, hey, he, pulls, <laughs> he pulls out a baseball, goes, "Hey there, Michael Kurtz, Major League Baseball." <laughs> like, you, you don't work for Major League Baseball. You do sell season tickets for a team that is in Major. But you can't. I don't think it got us in for free. But he he just wanted to try that's, to pull rank, and so he's like, "Yeah, Michael Kurtz. That's what Major we call uh, dropping the bomb. When you dropped the MLB bomb. Yeah, it might have yeah, been a... probably uh, not unex- I think it was an unexploded munition when it was all said and done. And Kurtz, if you're listening, thank you for listening. <laughs> Love you, man. Got to get you back on the trip next year. Okay. Uh, Keith Olbermann called a game the other night, and many, many people were quite unhappy. Drew, your thoughts.
3: Uh, Is it because he did badly
2: or because he comes to the political uh, side? So he instantly, he could be. It was a a double dose of what the fuck because on the one hand, he was not good, not prepared, not smooth. Because calling a baseball game is an art that requires skill and experience and practice and everything else. And number two is the fact that, yes, he is a hyper-partisan political voice. What are your
3: thoughts? Who was it that did it? Didn't somebody just do it for TBS that parachuted in and struggled? I mean, because when Berman would do it or when it's this – you're Oh, Berman's bad as well. There was was someone from TBS in the playoffs that was getting – oh, Ernie Johnson, I think, was getting Really? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because he's – studio Ernie's amazing, but Ernie Johnson struggled and got stuff wrong. And, yeah, if you're not in the flow of that, there are guys that are much more qualified. So I get the criticism from that angle. But he's at a point where he's so polarizing and we're so fractured that – half the people are going to hate him. He could be the second coming of Vin Scully. It could be Vin right. Scully with a voice augment in his voice. And people would say, this guy fucking sucks. He's awful. So yep. it's, it's a no win there. The well, so. One thing
2: I think about this from a business standpoint is I think about the play-by-play guys who are, who are grinding, trying to climb. the yeah. ladder. They want to be the next Joe Buck. They want to be the next Matt Vaskurgeon. And they would kill for just a one-off and, opportunity, which this was, it was a makeup game between the Yankees and the Mets. Right. Yeah. And, and, if you're in that grind, you must be at the point of despair thinking, How am I ever gonna catch a break? Are there any network executives looking for quality yeah. over just a, hey, let's let Keith call this game thing. Prop it would, be, it would be to me, Drew, extremely soul sucking.
3: Well, that whole thing, props to those guys that are that are swinging at, you know, doing double A games or triple A games or A ball high desert, you know, those those guys, because when you get these play-by-play jobs, you know, they're guys stay in them for 50 years. Oh, yeah? So it's like there's
2: not a lot of movement there. No, so not a lot of that movement. that is like... Uh, the movement is tectonic plate-level yes, movement. Exactly. It is glacial advancing movement, you basically. You stay for
3: years, so God bless those guys. So, yeah, that's got to be a suck. But then the political side of it, Zabe, is when Rush Limbaugh was on Monday Night Football, people, half the country... He was never on Monday it. Night Football. I mean, well, he was on... ESPN a- games, right? Didn't he do? No, ASPN? he was on Studio. Work, oh,
2: Studio, yeah, yeah, yeah. And studio they, work, and they canned him after like eight weeks because he said he thought that the media just wanted uh, McNabb to succeed because, because he they was were black, rooting yeah. They were for the, rooting for a black for the corner. narrative, right? Right for the narrative, rooting yes, for the narrative. Yes,
3: right. that's right. So he was on, but I remember he was on, and that was a firestorm, and half the people hated him right out of the shoot, no matter what he said. Have but was read, was his read, analysis good though? But that's the thing and Olbermann that's, on, on baseball? Yeah, because Dennis Miller, Dennis Miller wasn't very good on when he was in the chair on Monday Night Football. He just have wasn't you, good. Have you read
2: Olbermann's Twitter timeline? Uh no, and I don't think I follow him. I don't know. <laughs> I, if I do, out. I haven't seen anything. It I, I swear to God, he is a mental patient. He really is. And and I don't understand why he keeps getting all these second and third and fourth and fifth lives. But I don't understand the business. I don't understand the allure. I'm sure to the left he's a hero and an icon. But, man, go read his Twitter feed. He's a little bit unhinged. I I will. Before I get to uh, fuck that guy, I got two non-sports things to run by you. First of all, the two suicide by airplane stories that have come down the pike in the last five days. What are your thoughts? First of all, the crazy kid up in Seattle. And then just yesterday the dude who tried to kill his wife by flying a company plane into his own house. Well, the dude from Seattle wasn't even a pilot, right? No, well, he was a baggage games? monkey is what like, he was. What,
3: how? I, I wouldn't know how to fly a plane. <laughs> I wouldn't know how to. The idea that, the, why why the, am I taking my shoes off when a guy can steal
2: a plane? That's the first thing I thought. That's that. another thing that I said. And people go, this was not a TSA issue. I'm oh, like, well, yeah, but they're the Transportation Safety Administration. Something says they should have brought this up in a meeting like hey could somebody steal a plane and if they
3: can we need to guard against that i feel pretty dumb about taking my shoes off when a guy can just steal a plane because that's kind of the thought right but but then this had to have this had to be a copycat element right this had to be
2: i don't know about that this guy he had access to the company plane yeah he did but
3: would it have dawned on him until he read about he had to have read about the story of this guy checking out
2: had to even subliminally uh, did you hear the audio of the of the guy in seattle I did not. You haven't heard any of the audio. I have not. No. Oh, I love I love playing this for people. It's like it's the first time. Yeah. I'm okay. A, there's a lot All of right. virgins like me out there, Zabe. All right. Here we go. This is I, I, this is the best of Hijack Guy from Seattle. Old Richard Russell, may he rest in peace.
4: Just flying the plane around. You seem comfortable with that? Oh hell yeah! It's a blast, man. I played video games before, so I uh, you know I know what I'm doing a little bit. <laughs> okay and. Uh, and you can see all the terrain around you. Uh, you've got no issue with visibility or anything? No, nah, everything's peachy. Peachy clean. Just did a little circle around Rainier. It's beautiful. Um, I think I got some gas to go check out uh, the Olympics. And, uh, yeah.
2: Uh, yeah. Uh, over. How about that guy, huh? Holy cow. Here's a good one. of. Uh, they're trying to get him to land at an Air Force base. There
4: is the... Uh, the runway just off your right side, in about a mile. Do you see that? That's the uh, that's the uh, that's McCord uh, Field. Oh man, those guys would rough me up if I uh, tried landing there. I think I I think I might mess something up there too. I wouldn't want to do that. Oh, uh, hopefully. Uh, oh, they probably got anti-aircraft. No, they don't have any of that stuff. Uh, we we're just trying to find a place for you to land safely.
2: And I'll give you one more here. Oh, this boy. this was one of his last two or three transmissions. All right, um,
4: hey pilot guy, can this thing do a uh, a backflip? You think? <laughs> I'm gonna land it up, like uh, in a safe safe kind of manner. I think I'm, uh, i think I'm gonna try to do a barrel roll, and if that goes good, I'm just go nose down and call the a night.
2: Oh my! I want that on a T-shirt. I'm going to try a barrel roll. If that goes good, I'm going to go nose down and call and it a call night. Call it. A oh night. my goodness! Yeah. Rest in peace, Richard Russell. And for the asshole who tried to kill his wife by flying the company plane, fuck you! Don't rest in peace. Get yeah. a hold of your emotions, pal. Yeah.
3: Weird. Yeah. Uh, it okay. had to
2: be a copycat element, though. Let's All just right. hope
3: it's not a trend, Zabe. All
2: right. So that's one thing. The other thing was, did you see the guy that uh, that spanked a hippo at the L.A. Zoo? Yeah. I did okay. see that video, yeah. Question. Would you rather <laughs> oh. this is one of the four one of four options, four unthinkable options. Spank a hippo, trip a giraffe, pull a gator by the tail, or grab a poisonous snake and drop it into a bucket. <sighs> I'm gonna go. Hippos are badass man. Yes, they are. And you gotta give her when you spank this hippo. You gotta smack that uh, ass. How am I tripping the giraffe? I mean well, because we that, would we would have a giraffe running. Oh, that would and hurt. you would you you would have to either stick your foot out. Oh man! Or, or you'd have to do a diving knee tackle like oh. Richard Sherman. Oh, I <laughs>
3: see, I see. Like uh, even the tripping would be like a broken femur or something. You oh know? yeah, there'd be no way. Those things are all oh, right. God, all right. pull a gator by the tail. That might be the one. They're, they can be lazy, and they I've seen you see guys do it. You see dumb guys do it. Right how big is the gator you know you are talking eh, small 10 12 feet all right well then <laughs> i'm just small yeah oh my god
2: those are all bad choices man i'd uh, rather watch other how people a, how do it poison a snake by the tail and dropping into a bucket not much uh interest in that either that's very dangerous because those snakes turn they around can whip real around quick yeah man and they're like oh bitey bitey bite they're wiry okay but hippo you would not smack it on its ass I would not know, knowing what I know about hippos, they're badass. Okay. Did that guy who did the viral video was it impressive or was it kind of lame? Kind of lame. Yeah, because he didn't get down there into the whole the pen.
3: The best part of it is, and this is something that John Oliver and his staff would probably do on Sunday night, is to find all the hot um, bleach blonde anchors from around the country, from small markets to big, saying "spank the hippo." Spank. <laughs> Cause spank Could the hippo. Do you believe <laughs> they're not... saying spank
2: the hippo on television?
3: It's preposterous. Yep. yep. Smash cut to like twenty hot chicks saying spank the hippo.
2: Alright. Here we go, Drew. You know it. It's time. <laughs> I'm not a good guy. I'm the guy. <laughs> fuck that guy.
4: Fuck that guy.
2: A simple reminder every week to tell certain people, hey, shut up. FTG. Drew Olson, who is your fuck All that right. guy of the week?
3: Because I spent 10 of uh, 25 hours driving just recently, going up yeah. to the Twin Cities.
2: Yeah.
3: Fuck that guy. It's not going to be guy who sits in the left lane for a long time driving the speed limit or slightly above. No. See, we've never had this discussion about cruise controls, Abe. I used
2: to be anti-cruise control. Why? Why would you? Especially with adaptive cruise control. I felt. Do you have, a, do you have adaptive yeah, cruise control?
3: I, I, I felt. What is adaptive cruise? I don't know. Maybe I do. It's
2: where, it's where it, 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 it. It doesn't allow you to run into somebody in front of you. Oh, well, so that's. So you set the distance that's between good. you and the next car. Because
3: you, my you, fuck that guys. Everybody needs that because what well, what happens is people are slaves to cruise control. Right, and they set it. And then let's say that someone's driving, um, so so perfect example yesterday, 70 is the speed limit, right? So what do you drive at 70 on the interstate now? 80. 80 is where you set it. Because some people go 78 because they feel that's comfortable, because the the old state trooper saying is eight, you're great, nine, you're mine. Like anything nine and over, they'll pull you over.
2: Right, right,
3: right, So So 78 would be good, but that's not 80 or 82, that some people got to set it at 82. So we all set it at different things, Right. Okay, we're a minute so,
2: 40 into your Fuck That guy, yes. by the so way. So,
3: Fuck That Guy is the guy who has. Uh, so, uses his cruise control, and you're at 80, and you're passing a guy on the right who's going 78, and you decide not to speed up and pass that guy and set your cruise back, but just to let it drift slowly. <laughs> 'Cause you don't want it to, you're too fucking lazy to turn off your cruise.
2: Right. And you're going to just
3: slowly drift and right. you gum up the fucking works and everybody does that and everybody fucks it up and traffic would be so much better. I'm all about automated cars, man. I can't wait until I can just sit and watch Netflix movies while I drive. Yeah. I'm all about it because it's going to be so
2: much better than it is now. But to the cruise control abuser, you say fuck that guy. My my fuck that guy this week goes to Josh Norman of the Washington Redskins who proposed a quarterback salary cap because he thinks they make too much money and bitches about how, you know, defensive players, we don't get nearly as much money. Hey, bro, you had zero interceptions last year, and you are one of the highest paid DBs in the league, okay? I'm sorry, Josh. You pick more passes and shut your mouth. Fuck that guy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> pretty ballsy of him i Let's, like josh norman as a player i i don't think he was overpaid well,
3: the, the no picks for him is partly because they don't throw to his side a lot do they
2: well okay That's w- partly there's probably
3: an analytics thing element there uh, to, to an extent they probably choose the other guy but i'm with you
2: all right drew for uh, more of you uh big 920 and of course the iheart radio app
3: at would help and at drew olson mke on twitter we love hearing from people
2: from zabe fans all right, very good. Drew, we'll talk uh, in two weeks. I'm going to Scotland next week. Scotland! So. All right, Scotland. hit him straight. Hi, right, boys. See you. All right, we'll end with this today. I know fake news when I see it, and while fake news is thrown around as a term way too much, fake news, you're fake news, that's fake news, there is such a thing. You know it, I know it, everyone knows it. Fake news is shit that is not news that is packaged into clickbait that fits hot-button narratives. Here's a perfect example. Headline. Teen football player dies after complaining of headache. You know what I did? (gasps) Excuse me. You know what I did? I said, I'll take that out in post-production. I went, ooh, what? Click. Got me. Got him! Turns out, An Iowa family is mourning the death of their 14 year old son who initially came home from football practice last week complaining of a headache. Okay, you've got me, you've got my full attention. Oh shit, another high school, another football player dying playing football. This is not good. Well, then you read more. He came home from football practice complaining of a headache, which then set off a series of medical tragedies. The young man was preparing to start his freshman year of high school, and he was actually suffering from symptoms from acute disseminated encephalomyelitis, or ADEM, a rare neurological disease that typically occurs after an infection. So, in other words, let me give you an alternate headline Teenager dies of rare infection. No clicks. Because it's not news. It's tragic for the family. It's not news. Yes, he was coming home from playing football, but the, the football and the headache had nothing to do with the playing of the foot. And the, I mean, this is the world we live in. But you don't print teenager dies of rare infection. Teenager you don't know in Iowa dies of infection that, well, you would never probably get and don't really worry about. Not news, no clicks, doesn't get published. And the news outlets like Yahoo that had this story, and it was originally, irony alert, a Fox News story, or at least that was the secondary creditation on the Yahoo Sports page that I saw this. News outlets don't care. They want the clicks. They need the clicks. They will sell their soul for the clicks because what used to be news outlets, at least in the printed word, They were newspapers, because that's all we had. We didn't have the internet. And newspapers had the luxury of actually doing real journalism, only printing what was actually news. First of all, they only had so much space. Secondly, they could go, nah, that's not a story. Let's leave it alone. It's because the classified ads in the newspaper were such a cash cow that that's what made the money at the newspaper. You know, Aunt Gertrude has to sell her couch, 75 bucks for a three-week run, bing, bang, boom, money, money, money. Now there's nowhere else to get, uh, you know, once upon a time, the newspaper was like, oh my God, thank God there's a newspaper. Well, why? I, I got a long train ride into work on the subway. I want to read something. I'm bored. Oh, what else are you going to do? Yeah, I could go out, you know, go out for my lunch break, sit outside under a tree. What are you going to do back in the day? Oh, it's a newspaper. Sweet. Sweet. Now, they've got to compete with the worst of the clickbait and disinformation that is always on, always in your pocket, always in my pocket, always in everybody's pocket. Bleeping at 24-7, 365. The bullshit factory that is the internet. It never stops. I'd say shame on Yahoo for putting that headline. Teen football player dies after complaining of headache. But there's no shame. There's no point in me saying shame on them. They have no shame. They don't care. They got my click. Mission accomplished. That'll do it for today. Thanks for listening. You know the drill. Tell two friends. Hit up that Reddit thread. Leave positive reviews and ratings. Download, subscribe, to all the major podcast outlets. And always remember, they say most spiders are good because they eat other bugs and pose no harm to you and me, but you know what? Fuck it. Squash them anyway, just to be sure. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next
1: time.